Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the great Chris Hardware to discuss the Bonnie Hunt show of more Twitter talk plus my high school reunion. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, wonderful guest with us today, Jordan. Wonderful guest. Yeah. Why are you giving me the silent treatment? You gave me this look like wonderful. I don't know. No, I was just because you said it too sexual. <laughs> oh. Well, he is a pretty sexual guest as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a he's got one of those kind of a sensual stubble. He's got some product in his hair. I mean, either that or it's just unwashed. He's it's possible lean, it's unwashed. Lean and mean. My hair's full of sex. Yeah. <laughs> it's greasy with sex. Just rub a handful of sex in before you leave the house. That's right. Am I allowed to start talking now? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, no, excellent. you are probably allowed to start talking. Chris Hardwick. Hello. Uh, yes. Chris Hardwick from uh, Hard and Firm's stand-up comedy Nerdist.com, the Internet's most popular Twitterer for some reason, <laughs> and uh, also from the television program Web Soup, which is coming up. It's yeah. not yet on television. It's about to be on television. Yeah, it'll be on Sunday, June start? 7th. At, June 7th! At 9 p.m. and then Sundays thereafter, forever! This, <laughs> is, this is fantastically timely, then. This really worked out well. This is people are ready for web soup. People have been emailing me for months. When is there going to be a show where Chris Hardwick, the great Chris Hardwick, makes a little joke about a dumb thing that happened on the internet? And and those emails have been answered. They're digital prayers, really. That's how I like to think of emails, digital prayers. That Were you equating answered. yourself with God at this point? I guess I kind of am. You're, you've got, you're, on, you're on deep cable, and you've already gone mad with power. Yep, that's right. You have a God complex. That's the G in G4. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm totally, I'm thinking of the wrong emails. I've been getting a lot of emails where people were asking, when are they going to do a show where that black lady who replaced Greg Kinnear for a while on Talk Soup makes fun of internet jokes? Mm-hmm. But that, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. Because she's, she's actually getting a talk show. Is she really? Mm-hmm. What's that lady's name? Aisha Tyler. Aisha Tyler. Oh, I should have said Hal Sparks. That would have been funnier. <laughs> <laughs> totally missed that opportunity. We'll never have that moment again. Did you know that you know Conan O'Brien is this this week is returning to the Tonight Show? I read this profile of him in the Times Magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, Conan O'Brien. There were like people who were ready to fire him uh, during his first two years on NBC, like to the point where at one point they tried to to get him on a week to week contract. Oh, that sucks! Isn't that horrible? A week to week contract. Well, I remember that show. You know, having a little bit of problem, having a little bit of a problem getting off the ground, and then finally they hit their stride. And it really it was like about season three, I think. Yeah, and they and they it, he ended up on a month to month contract, which is only a marginal improvement. And the reason, according to this uh, New York Times Magazine article, that he didn't get fired was that Greg Kinnear told NBC that he had decided he was going to be an actor and not a late night host because they wanted to fire Conan and replace him with Greg Kinnear. Oh, that's and you just know that. And I mean, like this business isn't hard enough. Like, first of all, it's hard enough to get jobs. Then you then you start getting jobs. 
and you're shooting pilots, and you're like, well, I don't know if these are going to get picked up, so I don't feel comfortable with that. Then they get picked up, and you're like, well, am I going to be replaced? And then you don't get replaced, and then you're like, well, this is probably going to get canceled. Like, you never – I don't yeah, think I don't yeah. think it's until, like, the – like because even, like, three seasons isn't quite enough. Like, Arrested Development, three seasons. If you get into four or five seasons, you're probably okay. But by that point, then you know, then four or five years have gone by of just, oh, am I going to get fired? Yeah, so. like who can just kick up their feet and relax in show business? I guess you have to be on CSI. I guess maybe that's, <laughs> those are the only people who, who have a good night's sleep in Hollywood. Or you have to be an explosion and know that Michael Bay is always going to be there. <laughs> and that you, yeah. al- you will always have work. Mm-hmm. The only person who can truly relax in show business is Gary Sinise. That guy <laughs> he's, knows. He's going to be fine. He's living the life. <laughs> right? Yeah. What show is that guy? CSI on? New York. CSI New York. Which I've not, not seen an episode of. I've never seen a single episode of any CSI. I have to admit. I saw one episode of CSI, and it was a CSI that I did, and that was the episode <laughs> I saw of, of CSI. What did you do on CSI? I played a guy who you think might be the kid. I was a red herring. Oh. But that, oh. then I turned out not to be a killer, just a jerk. Oh. It just turned out to be a jerk, not actually get a killer. To, but there now, was actually a murder. There was a murder, okay. yeah. Now that you've branded yourself, do you always uh, go in for the role of like uh, the guy with square glasses who presses the button that says enhance? <laughs> enhance 30 times. Enhance? Enhance? There, you can yeah. see it! <laughs> yeah, when you, go, when you go in for an audition, what, what are the other guys sitting around you like? Oh, I don't... Um... I don't audition. I don't audition that much theatrically anymore. But there, but there was definitely a there was a collective of guys that I would see. Like Ken Marino, and I would see at auditions all the time. Theatrically, when you say you don't audition much, you're talking about Broadway shows and off Broadway shows. No, no, that's where Hollywood has bastardized the word theatrical. Like, a, like so, you're, we're talking about like Cats. Uh, no, Joseph no, Jesse. We're, we're talking about television. Dreamcoat. T- television theater. Eugene, television and film theater. Eugene Ionesco. Well, yes. Theater of the absurd. <laughs> That's right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Any of the any of that stuff. Anton Chekhov. Chekhov or you know uh, tier two cable. I've right. heard that I've I've heard that there is a script for Uncle Vanya the TV series. Really? I've heard and I've heard that it's good. Oh yeah. Really? Are yeah. they gonna? Is it gonna be Wallace Shawn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, play, he played. He played. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I've. Uh, he played uh, Vanya. Uh, who did, that's appointment television, right? That Wallace, is Wallace Shawn comes to visit once a week. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're talking about important things now. Did you know Wallace Shawn is uh, extraordinarily rich? What did he invent? He's he is an heir. Annoying voices. He's an heir <laughs> to a, a huge fortune. Uh, I don't remember what kind of fortune it is, but he's he's super rich, and that's why he is like one of Broadway's most acclaimed. Uh, like uh, high art uh, theater uh, writers, because he's playwrights. so he's so wealthy. Yeah, because he can just do he anything just he out. wants. Well, oh, he's also a, apparently a brilliant playwright as well. Right, but, right, right. Um, yeah, so he just his life go, go just bounces between three things: writing, uh, 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 like art theater play that plays off Broadway, being extraordinarily rich because he inherited something from mm-hmm. something. And being a sight gag in a movie. Listen, kids, this is a this is a big lesson. In, inherit a fortune, yeah, and then, and then you can <laughs> do, do whatever the fuck you want. I know, and, really... and, no, and no matter how, no matter how brilliant and multi layered his stage uh, his stage plays are, 
people will still get to go up to him and go, inconceivable. Yeah. I ba- I did a Nickelodeon show and I based a whole character around Wallace Shawn. <laughs> where I did, we did a, I did a cartoon called The X's and uh, I did a character that was loosely based on this. And like that was the character. I'm like, oh, I just want to do Wallace Shawn. And, and I got hired. <laughs> and then I realized after the first episode, this is murdering my throat. Yeah. Why did I? Now you know the hell that Wallace Shawn lives every in day. every day. You know, if and he only has his millions of dollars to if, give him solace. If you really think about it, Wallace Shawn in- inherited two fortunes. One was uh, the millions of dollars from whatever industry his parents were in, mm-hmm. and uh, the other his is his million dollar look. <laughs> That's right. Sure. Yep, that's his face is his other blank check. He got he his first role. He got his first role uh, in a Woody Allen film uh, because Woody Allen was casting for someone who could be a sight gag. Uh, the basis of which was someone who looks even funnier than Woody Allen. <laughs> And that went out on a breakdown, and someone's like, hey, I think that might be... I always... And someone was like, you know who would be perfect for this? High-minded playwright Wallace Shawn. Character actors really... They they really have to be comfortable. I remember, even before I was that familiar with how the business works, when I was watching Total Recall, and then there was... The, <laughs> when In the theater, in 91, or whatever came out. I like the idea that before you really know about show business, mostly you just watch a lot you of Total Recall. You just watch Total Recall. And uh, and then you try to figure out is it a dream is it not a dream but is that that one scene where how do I make wait, it at no, wait at no point during Total Recall did I think it was a dream is that is that a is a popular theory about Total but Recall but at the end you don't know because he said he says how do I know if this is if this is a dream or not and oh, she yeah. says you better kiss me before you wake up why do I know that uh, I, I swear to God I've not seen that movie in a decade but anyway there's this scene where he the where he the, there's the giant woman trying to get into Mars. And then her face opens up and it's Schwarzenegger. There was a breakdown that went out. It says, we were looking for an actress who's so large that Schwarzenegger could conceivably fit inside you. And someone was like, I'm comfortable with that. And uh, she got to be the two weeks lady. Not just I'm comfortable with that, but like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll jump at that chance, my but not, sh- not too far because I'm big and fat. came in. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I did an audition recently. Um and I and uh, they sent me the sides, which is the little bit you have to read in the in the room. And um, you lost me. Sorry, yeah. Sorry to get you inside. Sorry to get you inside baseball with you, Harvey. Jordan, I I, I'm ex- co- yeah. I couldn't follow that. Should I just go watch Total Recall again? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's probably best. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, they sent the side and they sent the whole script, and I didn't uh, I didn't I didn't bother to read the whole script. I just read my sides, and it was kind of the the character was like kind of an uppity uh, bartender at a wedding who, you know, wanted to be called a mixologist and had all these kind of complicated drinks that he wanted to make and wouldn't pour anyone a beer. Um, anyway, so I, I read the sides and I, I went in and uh, in the room kind of waiting to audition, it's me and the tallest, most handsome black man you've ever seen. <laughs> it's just me and all these really, like, great-looking, super-cut, muscle-shirt black men. Uh-huh. Um, and then I realized, oh, uh, this is an African-American movie, and I will be playing the nerdy white guy. <laughs> like, I'm the I'm the uptight white guy who won't give them I thought, their drinks at the bar. I thought maybe that you, the, the, the issue was that, like, the, the casting call actually was supposed to go out to Gordon Morris, the oh. tall, handsome African-American guy. Or sure. Phil Morris, uh, who was... Invented cigarettes. <laughs> no, that's Philip Morris. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Phil Morris was on, um, I think it was uh, I Spy, maybe? No. 
He was on one of those 60 spy shows, and then he had a son, and his son, Phil Morris, played the Johnny Cochran character on Seinfeld. Oh. Is it too late to say something about Garrett Morris? <laughs> Might be. Oh, Maybe. Okay. Well, yeah, what about Morris Day? Can I bring in Morris Day at all? I think it's just about time. Would someone, what time is it? Would someone please bring me a mirror? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> You've been listening to uh, African American performances throughout <laughs> history, mainly just 1981 to 1988, involving the name Morris. <laughs> That's very specific. Yeah. That is an incredibly. That's I feel like actually, we did a pretty good job. Did you know? Actually, did you know that um, uh, Elvis Mitchell is making an HBO documentary about that? Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people oh. don't know that. With a famous African American photographer, it's called uh, African American performers. Named Morris throughout history, but primarily through the years 1981 to You don't even have to write a treatment for that. The pitch is in the title. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you can't figure it out after the title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, you plus, can, you're going to sell that in the room. Yeah, well, Elvis <laughs> Mitchell can sell it in the room. You know, look at me. Look at my gravitas. Look at this gravitas. I, I'm huge. Look at my dreadlocks. <laughs> and here's a check. Here's a big novelty check. Uh, <laughs> hey, are you saying that Elvis Mitchell has to pay people to make his movie? No, no. The that, novelty that, check? That, that's, that's HBO them. giving, yeah, like yeah. walking out and then making a deal and taking a photograph no, I they think put up on the Elvis wall. Mitchell is so rich that he goes to HBO with an, and that's how he closes the deal. Well, he just like, shows up? He just No, he just shows up. He tells them what the, picture, the project is. They say, well, that sounds pretty good, Elvis. And he says, will this seal the deal? And he brings out the novelty check. Wow. So we're, we, I feel like we're all on different pages as to where the novelty check fits in to okay. this to this. Uh, right. So in, this my characterization. Opinion, in my opinion, Elvis Mitchell, for some reason, pays networks to Harris programs, and he pays with a giant novelty check. In my uh, in my version, the novelty check was his friend and could talk. <laughs> And in Chris Hardwick's version, it was like your version, but he spoke with the voice of Wallace Shawn. Oh, here, I'm from Elvis Mitchell. <laughs> Sign on the back of me. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Chris Hardwick, person. <laughs> That's a pretty good nickname. You can make up any nickname you want, Chris. Yeah. It doesn't... It doesn't... You, I mean, don't don't feel like you have to be married to person just because, you know, you kind of said it in an emotional moment. I mean, right? I know that take, you Take were... the rest of the show and think about and it. And really think s- about what my nickname yeah, is. I know you, you were running person, hot cool, just but... now. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you Oh, wanna... I should just be Nerdist. Chris yeah. Hardwick, Nerdist. Sure. Yeah, because that promotes your website. Right. Yeah. Unless you want me to be like, how did you, are you on the, electric seafoam. Are you on the secret (laughs) Twitter people list or are you just on TV and also charming? That you have, because I looked, because I remember, I, you know, once in a while you like, you can't, you like remember somebody that, somebody wrote something and you're like, what, I can't remember what that was. And so you click on their thing to look at their Twitters that they sent out. I use Twitter just on the web. Right. And, and somehow you seem to have spontaneously gone from 20,000 or so to 350,000 or something, <laughs> 400,000. Yeah, I I think they, um, yeah. I, Do I, you think you're on that secret list? Because Stephen Johnson, this author who was on The Sound of Young America, great author, mm-hmm. really wonderful writer, um, he was on some kind of list of people that they that they suggest or something when you sign Suggested up users. for Twitter. 
And he went from, and a great guy, but he just Twitters about his daughter's, I mean, genius level mm-hmm. guy, brilliant, brilliant writer. But he, you know, just Twitters about his daughter's softball game. <laughs> and he has 300,000 followers or something like that. I think I might be on the suggested users list. It's because you're also on. I mean, you're on the I, attack of the show. Regularly. I blab about Twitter. You talk on about Twitter everything. On... Like I sh- like I'm the I'm so gay for Twitter. It's crazy. You like, went on the. Have you talked about it on the Bonnie Hunt television program? You've been back on the. Bonnie I did Hunt not talk about show? a Bonnie Hunt. Did I... I tell you about how much I enjoyed your appearance on the Bonnie Hunt show? <laughs> is this is this unironically? Yeah, completely. Considered? I watched it on T. I watched it on your website. You posted it on your website. I did. I did. And I watched it and I enjoyed it. I thought Bonnie Can Hunt was a, really uh, charming and funny. Can I just get a brief? description of what you did on there for the Bonnie Hunt show was it, well, uh, was, it was it for tech expertise it was for te- it was for techness yeah I, I just brought on a bunch of gadgets sure. um, for in gadgets that uh, the ladies might uh, might in- oh. enjoy you know Bonnie Hunt like hit a, on him like a, lot? A, like a dildo yes I brought on a dildo All the latest 09 dildos I brought I brought on uh, I brought on the iBod which is a vibrator that hooks up to your iPod yeah, Chris, is an, Chris is an expert on dildonics dildon yeah <laughs> Yeah, which is just a yeah, which is just a, a fancier way of of saying electronic dildo, which I guess technically is a vibrator. But these have Wi-Fi. Right. Why are we not making these guys? We are sitting on a fortune. Why aren't we making? <laughs> Literally. Literally. Well, the one I'm sitting on doesn't have Wi-Fi yet, so it's not worth the. We're going to be wealthier than Wallace Shawn. <laughs> but it was great. I, I totally. I'm, you think I'm making fun of you for going on the Bonnie Hunt show? But I am sincerely saying I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really cool how Bonnie Hunt hit on you, and you hit on Bonnie Hunt. Uh, we yeah we we there was some there was some a little bit of flirting. Chemistry. There was a little bit there of flirting. There was some chemistry, and she was really funny. I've never seen the Bonnie Hunt show before, so I can't speak to it. Well, it's funny because when I watched it with my uh, my girlfriend Janet, whom you both know, sure, I was like television's I, Janet Varney. That's right. So I said to Janet, like, oh, before you see this, you got to know I I was flirting with Bonnie, and she was like, well, I don't care if you fuck her, she's really funny. I'm like, <laughs> okay, oh, you get a pass. I get a, I get a, <laughs> Bonnie Hunt is my sexception you know, in any relationship. It is kind of neat. It's definitely kind of hers neat. is Josh Hartnett. Yours is uh, <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie Hunt. Hunt. <laughs> like I think Rose, Rosie O'Donnell is, it, you know, I'm not I'm not comfortable asserting that she's a net positive in American culture. Mm-hmm. But one thing that she has, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you read, when you do the Excel sheet, yeah, I mean, uh, like you know, uh, does, she's done a lot for gay families. That's great. Uh, she's not funny, so that's bad. <laughs> um, you know, like you have to balance one thing against the other. But, Jesse, are you are you putting a league of their own into this spreadsheet? Yeah, a league of their own. I like a league That's of a, their own. This used to be my playground. <laughs> That'd be a fun song to do in a coffee house, like, but real seriously. Yeah. <laughs> People would be into it. Um. So, but one good thing that Ro- that Rosie O'Donnell has done for the world is she said, "Hey, what if a daytime talk show was funny?" Mm-hmm. And I think that it's great because daytime talk is like, obviously, it's always been the province of women. Like, it's like 75% female audiences and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, you can, a daytime talk, it's a place where you're allowed to let ladies be funny. Mm-hmm. You know, they won't let a lady host one of these late night talk shows. They won't let a lady host basically any other thing. And it's nice because, you know, uh, I don't know, I, I, I I mean, the Ellen DeGeneres show, Jordan used to work on the Ellen DeGeneres show back in the day. Not for me, obviously. Right. 
You know, I mean, it's like a little cute little kid doing a cute thing and then, you know, something like that. <laughs> and then a but... dog attacks the kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of what went on. Like, you know, they have a child guitar prodigy and then just out of nowhere, a dog would run in. Just from... a mauling. Yeah. Now, yeah. That, that seems like a show I would want to get on board with. Yeah. What's the problem? Yeah, well, Although they didn't know... allow me in the studio a lot, so I'm just kind of cobbling together <laughs> what I think was going just on. Just from sort of hazy memories. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, Ellen DeGeneres is really funny. You know what I mean? Genuinely like, funny. Super funny. Like, she's a super funny... She's, like, one of the funny people. You know right. what I mean? Like, she's a really top funny person who really deserves to have a show. You know, was, like, a, I think our show was a failure, but Megan Mullally is really funny. Like, mm-hmm. she's a really funny lady. Like, good for her that she gets to have a TV show. Right. Nice that there's a, a place where ladies can uh, make lady jokes to each other and, and laugh at them. <laughs> Are we on Mad Men? Because that's what this feels. Like. <laughs> hey, I think it's great that ladies have a. I think Dames. it's great that the girls got Why a place to talking make about their games, and each other, talking about dress shields and whatever it is <laughs> yeah. they talk about. But I mean, seriously, not for me. But you know, like I'm sure that, uh, like maybe, maybe I don't know what a good example is, but um, uh, you were just the other day on Adam Carolla. Like mm-hmm. I think probably Adam Carolla's audience is probably seventy percent male and thirty percent female. It's probably a safe guesstimate. Um and. and and I, there are things on Adam Carolla that I feel like I get that my wife might not get just because she has a different perspective on things because she's a lady and I'm a fella. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there's always been room for that in the world of comedy. Sure. And so it's nice that there's room for the other thing. Well, I, I agree. It, it is nice. There was, because the, daytime television for so long was dominated by like the Jenny Jones show. Right. And just all those That's really horrible. crappy. Except for Montel. I like Montel. <laughs> really? You're a you're, you're, you're Montel fan? <laughs> One time Montel was on XM when I was working on XM, and uh, just the nicest guy. Oh, was so he a nice ni- guy? So nice and classy for a guy who did something that was so completely without class. Maury Povich, on the other hand. Yeah, man. no, that guy was totally... Um, you, know who, uh, you know who was on, our, on that? They would book. When I was working on XM, it was like right at the very beginning of XM when no one listened to it. And so they kind of had to trick people into coming on by saying XM because there were there were still people who were excited about the possibility of XM. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, I think most of the media world has figured out, oh, that's a failure that no one cares about. But <laughs> at the time, at the time, it was still like, oh, this is a national platform. Right. So the big bookings the summer that I was on XM, like so one cool thing was I could just when when I got to book people and and like randomly host shows and stuff as an intern because they were so understaffed, um, I just got to book whoever I wanted basically. Okay. But the when their big bookings of these two producers who ran the entire channel, uh, you know, twelve hours a day of programming, the huge bookings were uh, the guy who talks to the dead. What's that guy? John he, Edwards? John Edwards. I think just John, John Edward. Edward. Yeah. John Edward had an entire hour-long special, mm-hmm. uh, a special interview that we promoted for a week mm-hmm. on XM. And I got in a lot of trouble uh, because I was on the air before him making fun of the idea of having a guy on who was a, who talked to dead people. So you're saying XM had no sense of humor about itself. <laughs> Not at all. And the other big one was the guy who hosted Blind Date. Oh, Those Roger were, Lodge. Yeah. That, like, changed. That was, like... Wow, I could have been in that arena. That's sad. Exactly. Yeah, you could have been on the, there in an during instant. The, during the Shipmates era? That was Shipmates era. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was this was the things that, like... These were, like, game changers as far as these people were concerned. Like, oh, my God. We, we got Lodge. 
You know, it's funny. Fuck him. People who are so people who are so, and I, I mean, I've I worked in radio for a long time, and I feel like I've I've been lucky enough to work in a lot of different areas. Yeah. And you always see that in each in each medium, they all a lot of them are baffled by how other media works, and they it's just so insulated. I mean, you know, you know, from working in radio, where they they just kind of feel where. I remember when I remember when I worked at a radio station here in LA, and I was I was doing a TV show at the same time, and I'm like, oh, we should do some you know some sort of thing because I'm on television, and it, it, you know, and they were like, yeah, we don't really care about that. I'm like, but television, You're like TV, <laughs> people watch television. And they just like radio. They just kind of think radio is the most important thing. There was this amazing thing that uh, uh, Corolla said in one of the first episodes of his podcast that um, uh, uh, one of our listeners, Colin, transcribed and emailed to me and like changed my life. Which was that the radio industry, of course, the radio industry is completely in the tank because for some reason they are completely unable to understand the idea that uh, they don't make anything. Right. Uh, That they are just a distribution network and it's a distribution (laughs) network that's becoming obsolete. Yep. Um, So which is why they fired Adam Carolla. Like, oh, here's here's a star, the only star in all of FM talk. Right. eh, Fuck him. We changed formats on one station. We should get rid of him it, on all stations. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, co- but, but but I gotta say, I think his podcast is a much better forum oh. anyway. Oh no, it's much. It's definitely better. I think it. He was he was a he was a moderately awkward fit in in morning radio format, which is like a a tremendously crazy difficult format to be in, and mm-hmm. uh and and they kept sort of putting things from that format into his show like Danny Bonaducci right and that were just horrible Danny Bonaducci specifically right and, I mean I don't know if he's a bad person or not but I'll die I, I'm not I'm a... gonna go probably I mean does anything point to the contrary <laughs> no Danny Bonaducci's not a bad person <laughs> I don't think so what about I mean... the time he said oh, I'm not I'm well, then there's always but he's so no. buff and... no okay oh, I don't I don't know much about the man all I know is that I I tuned in a couple times to the Adam Carolla show when uh, he was on it and I just couldn't believe that he was a professional entertainer because he was so horrible um he was such a nightmare but uh but like well, the thing that Adam said that I thought was so amazing about radio was he said um, it was like uh, it, it was like I can't even remember what the metaphor was. It was a really great metaphor. It was <laughs> it was basically that um, uh, oh it was that everyone in radio were beavers, and beavers only know how to build dams. <laughs> and it was as though everyone in radio was now on I think on top of the Empire State Building, and they were like, how should we get off? Oh, we should build some dams. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and like that is i think even more than any that's, other medium that's really funny and and especially commercial radio but also some uh, you know other parts of radio to some extent as well it's amazing it's true like when i i worked on a, a morning radio show that was a pretty good morning radio show as far as that goes in san francisco very briefly and uh i was amazed by that i was amazed by the like i was amazed by how closed in and specific their world was and i think you know a lot of people forget that television and radio was really just an excuse to put ad to put advertising in front of people like that was just the whole it was it's all you know so when people i mean and i'm one of them like you know when you hear what do you mean arrest development's getting canceled you know fuck you america this you don't deserve this great show 
And you're like, well, but if they can't, you know, like it's a, com- it, it's just designed to keep people's eyes on a box sure. so that they can watch advertisements so they can put money out to, into the economy, you know, like so. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's nice. One one nice thing about uh, one nice thing about 2009, and it's what you what you see on the Corolla show, or we'll see eventually on the Corolla show, is that it, the internet means that there's other ways to get some money to make something. Mm-hmm. Like you, whether it's uh, whether it's like us and we asking for donations. By the way, is this our first show since the pledge drive? I think maybe it is. Yes. Thank you so much to all the people who gave. Tons and tons of people gave during our pledge drive. Um, As did I. I was very happy to uh, to support this. Chris did indeed. Thank you very to, much to support sir. this this house of awesomeness that is. Um... That's why he's on the show today. He bought his way on. <laughs> I bought my way on. <laughs> yeah. Folks, buy your way on. Normally, we wouldn't let anybody this handsome, professional, and funny on our pro- within ten miles of our program. Jeez. Uh, it should just be a, exclusively our college buddies. But I bought my bought my way on. <laughs> yeah, you bought your way on with a generous donation. Um, or it's you know like Jimmy Pardo is, is can sell his thing you know mm-hmm. and he can say. It's worth a dollar. Pay, give us a dollar or sixty-seven cents. Do you or ever? It is. Do you ever have the moment where you sit around and you, and you and you think, if if I were my age twenty years ago, thirty years ago, what the fuck I would, would be I be so doing? Fucked. What would I be doing? <laughs> what could I possibly be doing? Like there were like for me, you know, I I I have this really sort of fun, lucky kind of career where I get to do a lot of part-time jobs that I really like. But you know, thirty years ago, there were no niche cable channels like G four. There I mean, wasn't. I think your your career is is really amazing because right at the end of the era where you could only do something famous was also exactly right at the beginning of your career, and you got a super high profile gig or at least high credibility gig, and then you you've been able to use your talent to do things that you like through. You know, fifteen years since. I think it, I think it was just I wasn't getting hired on other stuff. <laughs> like you know, you know, we were talking about auditioning for for sitcoms and whatever. Like I fall into this weird category where it's like, well, you know, because that uh, for for from like ninety nine to two thousand four, it was you're either the sidekick who's Jack Black, right, or <laughs> you know, you're fucking uh, uh, what's his name. Um, Joey, you know, like you're you're the, you're you're super handsome, and you know, and I just I feel like I fall in between there. You're pretty handsome. I and mean, so, look at this guy, pretty handsome guy, sure. right? Well, that's you guys are nice, but uh, and I mean that, I mean that a lot, Jordan. I like your feet. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jordan, I'm not wearing shoes. <laughs> and uh, and so I think you know it was just a cut like th- two two years ago. I kind of just went. Why am I not pursuing things that I like? Like I felt, <laughs> I felt like I had to pursue whatever was available. What, like what not available, whatever was handed to me, which were you know sitcom auditions. I wasn't getting the few you know three lines in a movie or whatever. And then I was like, I love science, I love tech, I love comedy. Why am I not you know pursuing all of these things? And then and then things just things got a lot better, and I just felt more in control of what was going on. So. Yeah, you know, this is actually this this idea of you know what the fuck would I be doing twenty years ago? Um, it, it's a little bit of a source of anxiety for me, because um, like I, I I feel like I I look at like the careers that I would want, like you know, uh, you know, uh, there's you know those kind of consummate stories of like Eddie Murphy was on SNL by the time he was seventeen. Oh my god, I know that's the that's the crazy anomaly though. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, but you know, like you know, I guess if I I guess if there was like a guy. Whose like career I would say like oh that's that's the career I want to be like like Robert Smigel or right. something like that, um, you know just a guy who gets to 
yeah, anyways, just uh, just write a funny thing. Just write, yeah, show just up be, on something. You know, just be in the room with a bunch of other really hilarious guys and make hilarious stuff. Um, you know, I kind of look like that, or I look at the other careers that I'm like, oh, that's something I would want to do. And uh, as much as I love my job doing kind of you know humorous product related goofs on deep cable TV, I'm like, well, who the fuck that I did I that I looked up to. You know, like, what am I supposed to do after this? Like, who who do I know made the move from hosty goofs to you know, uh, you know, writing for uh, Conan O'Brien or something? Well, I like think that. I think what's great about now is that um, there aren't there aren't as many rules anymore. Like it, yeah. it used to be, like in the eighties and even the even well into the nineties, it was sort of like. You know, if you you know you if you're a host on television, you can't do you can't ever do movies, you can't ever do acting, you yeah, know, theater, yeah, yeah. and 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 or, you know, and then when the internet, well, if you're an internet person, you can't do television. Like, sure. they, they, everything was very compartmentalized, and then then that just slow, like those boundaries just kind of eroded, and it's like no, because everything like media is all connected, and you can you know who broke down the walls, especially internet to can, television. Oh, was I was going to say Kinnear. I was going to say the Dancing Baby. Dancing Baby broke down <laughs> yeah. the walls for sure. And Dancing Baby was on a- Ally McBeal. That's right. That was what really started the sea change, I and, would say. And now there's a Dancing Baby in every house. Mm-hmm. I mean, a Dancing Baby is a household name. There was yeah. a flying toaster pilot, wasn't there? Yeah, I believe there was a flying toaster pilot briefly <laughs> thereafter. But only if you didn't uh, touch your TV for an extended period of time. <laughs> right, Did you yeah, know exactly. I met you the people? Leave pe- it on after you fall asleep. That's right. That's I met when I was working on West on. Coast Live. I met the people who uh, invented the flying toaster. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't remember what that software company. After Dark. They oh, have, After Dark, yes. So the After After Dark, the people who uh, it sounds like probably also the company that made Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> I don't Excuse think me. they did make Leisure that Suit Larry. That was Sierra that. Online. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so You're anyway, of King's Quest, Jesse. Uh, so all the, games I played. The, um, <laughs> I used to play a lot of front page sports football. So Look at this, I played King's Quest in college. My roommate had like a like a two eighty six, uh, <laughs> and you. Could run it at um, 11 megahertz, uh-huh. but then there was a turbo button where sure. in bursts you could kick it up to 22, and then we'd play King's Quest and put it in turbo mode, and then he would walk like twice as fast. And we're like, awesome. this is raw computing power. <laughs> 11 megahertz. The people who the people who invented flying toasters, uh, they made mi- tens of millions of dollars from flying toasters, and they founded MoveOn.org. That is spectacular. Isn't that unbelievable. <laughs> really? wow. Yeah, it's invented by the people who invented the flying toaster. There's a nice lady from Berkeley. That's, I swear that's to brilliant. God, I met this lady. I mean, listen, you know, you, like the, the flying toaster, totally thinking outside the box. How do we preserve? How do we preserve our screens? You know, yeah. well, you just have a kind of a low impact thing come on to to save your screen. I remember when my the computer lab at my middle school uh, moved from uh, moved from uh, from like uh, Apple two GIs to uh, the first color Macs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what kind of Macs they were, and then they sh- they had the flying toasters on them and. The like computer lab with like ten computers, all with flying toasters going at the same time, blew my fucking mind. Oh my god, I I could not believe how amazing that was. I when I was in grades, when I was in, you know, because the chess club was in the same as the same as the computer lab, so that's where I spent all my time. 
And uh, in grade school, we had Apple IIEs. Only because there was no professional-level bowling club. No, there wasn't. Which was another thing that you did as a child. I would have fucking dominated that. Yeah. Um, Probably wouldn't have dated... As I as I did not, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> would not have not, would not have influenced your dating. Still, wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, you know, we had the Apple IIEs with the with the kind of the light green uh, text on it, and so we just we had to play text games. Like Zork was a big yeah. was a big game. No no screensaver. You would just see you would just see like a, the little blinking cursor burned into the corner of the screen, yeah. no matter where you were, because we didn't have screen we didn't have screensavers in those days. Oh, man. We're having fun, huh, Jordan? Reminiscing? Yep. Speaking of reminiscing... Talking about business models. Hey, uh, have you guys been to uh, your reunions? <laughs> <laughs> Talking I, about school? I. You know what, Jordan? Somewhere in here, there's a professional broadcaster, and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I went to my 10-year uh, high school reunion while, while, we were, uh, while we were away from the microphone. We, t- we, were, we were gone for, what, two weeks or so. Uh, yeah. be- because uh, one week Jordan was out of town working, and one week I was in San Francisco going to my. I had w- a weekend in San Francisco that involved a baby shower, a baby shower that we skipped, a ten-year high school reunion, and a three-hundred-person at the Four Seasons wedding, black tie wedding. Damn. I know. Right. Exactly. How was your tenure? Because I didn't go to mine. Okay. So I went to an arts high school in San Francisco, uh, School of the Arts, as it was appropriately mm-hmm. called. Um, hundred person graduating class. I had assumed that there would be no high school reunion. Um, I it was it there were no sports teams. There mm-hmm. was no none of these high school. There's no alumni association as far as I know. Um, there's I just assumed I couldn't. I can't remember who the class president was, and I was student body president. Okay, so that's the kind of operation we were running at School of the Arts. And um, but this girl just decided she was going to organize it. Her name's Suri. Thanks to Suri, she organizes it, right? And um, that's very school of the arts, community based. Oh yeah, she's she's just gonna put it on. A um, hundred people in our class. Um, total attendance, twenty. Uh, twenty mm-hmm. people at the reunion. Where um, where where was it? Now originally, Jordan, it was scheduled to be held at our uh, at our school, uh, which had moved since we went there. So it was at basically, in, in our opinion, at someone else's high school, mm-hmm. um, which you know I, you, you only got twenty people come to your reunion, uh, but you have to plan for maybe as many as a hundred might come. Plenty and, of refreshments left over for everyone. So you know what? What are you gonna do? It's fine. So it's you got to high t- you got to take home a lot of bags of uh, Trader Joe's trail mix. Yeah. So there's a rule at the school. Apparently, you can't have alcohol on the campus even in the evening. So I'm thinking this At is going art to be... school? Yeah, I know. What, is it all pot? Yeah, yeah only mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Mushrooms is the only <laughs> yeah. thing that's allowed. Um, so I'm, I'm like, I, you know, I don't drink. But even as a non-drinker, I can recognize that it's a bad idea to have a high school reunion with no alcohol at all. Sober re- I don't drink either, and sober reunion sounds right. ridiculous. It sounds to like me. a terrible idea. Then right? you have to stand around and and try to find things that. What have you been? Yeah. Oh God, I wish there was booze. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody precisely. seen Star Trek? <laughs> precisely. So, uh, but luckily, unluckily, I don't know. As it turned out, we couldn't afford to hold the reunion. At the gym of our old high school. Are you serious? We couldn't afford it. Apparently, the fees for using our wow. own... 
this is the this is the uh, fantastic grasp that uh, San Francisco School of the Arts has on uh, alumni fundraising. <laughs> you, you'd, you'd think that maybe just because you guys went to the trouble, they'd throw you the yeah. They'd throw. They donate the space. Exactly. Maybe no. just maybe just maybe just write in you know modern dance rehearsal. Yeah. And let you guys go exactly. At it. So two so two days before the uh, event is going to take place. I get an email that says, uh, unfortunately, due to a uh, high fees situation, um, we will not be able to be to hold our reunion at School of the Arts uh, on the J on the Eugene McAteer campus. <laughs> we'll now be at TGI Fridays, uh, and uh, which we also can't afford, unfortunately. So it's now <laughs> it a tailgate be near the dumpster by TGI Fridays. And so the um, the high class catering for this event was to be provided by a cafe on uh, Ocean Avenue in San Francisco, a very cold street in San Francisco. And uh, at the last minute, uh, they agreed to host us. So I had my uh, high school reunion at a cafe. <laughs> and open mic night was also going on, so that um, was a little distracting. So the, the entire class got up and did three to five. Sure. There, it was. It was literally. It, it was that kind of cafe. It was that small. That whatever. Um, there was, you know, the food. There was like a couple of, you know, it's like spaghetti in a pan. Um, and, uh, and it was, there was also just so bizarrely, there was a table of people, the cafe was closed for the event, but there was a table of old people and I don't know who they were. I heard a rumor that they were friends of the owner of the cafe. Or was it your future selves who had come back to laugh oh, at the, at the predicament? These people, I'll tell you what these people looked like. They looked like. People from a sanatorium in a movie about the USSR in the 1970s. Okay. Like 70-year-old, bulbous crazy noses, eyebrows. crazy eyebrows, um, not acting crazy, but not shouldn't be there and not normal. Right. Not spouting nonsense. This is not an insane asylum, just a sanatorium where people go when they need a rest. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Did you did you make jokes about them? Like, wow, Wayne and Barbara look terrible. <laughs> yeah. They like, did not age well at all. It, and what was amazing about it was we really needed them there to fill out the room. Like this tiny room. It's good, good you just needed seat fillers like for your seating, reunion. The seating, the seating area could was barely bigger than this room that we're recording in right now, the second bedroom in my apartment. Mm-hmm. And we needed some extra people to fill out the space. Um, there were there were uh, two performances. Jordan mentioned open mic night. There were a couple of performances, oh. of course. This being School of the Arts, uh, people were happy to to share some performances. Um, this one guy, uh, Cyril. Went to my high school. Um, well, that's that's a very arty name already. Well, and not if you're. This uh, man's a dandy, right? This not if you're. Dandy? Not if you're Russian. If you're Russian, it's just a normal. Oh, name. it's a normal name. It's like being named Bert. But this is America. If he was American, this guy would be named Bert. Okay. Um, Cyril <laughs> is really big. Uh, he's sort of like, um, you know, like again, if I can go back to like a 1970s depiction of the USSR. Yes. Um, if you imagine. 
somebody who trained a bear in an American movie about the 1970s USSR. Mm-hmm. She was wearing like a, she was wearing a, like a singlet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, in one of those Russian fur hats. Uh, and a, like a, a big mustache. Yeah. Um, there's no mustache or any of the accoutrement, but besides that, yes, exactly like the guy you're thinking of. Okay. Um, but really friendly. And Cyril went to our school. He was in the uh, instrumental music department at School of the Arts. And Cyril was one of those guys. That sounds like special ed for some reason. He was in instrumental music. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm getting to that part of the <laughs> of the description. Cyril, just, just lock him in a room with an oboe. Cyril and was hope that he doesn't murder anyone. He was one of these dudes who he was the sweetest guy in the world, and he did not have strong English skills. He was Russian and didn't have strong English skills for some reason. Just this one period in my life, there was just like, I think it was just like people who came to the United States in the years after uh, Russia became uh, uh, capitalist, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of like 1992 or three to like 1997 or eight, there was a lot of people, Russian people came to San Francisco and there was a lot of Russian kids in my school who were recent immigrants. You were saying they were Russian to come to America? <laughs> would, would, would you use that term? I wouldn't, but you already have. So Good. There you go. Somebody had to drop it. Bob's your uncle. And there was an old, uh, there was an old NES game um, and the arcade version of this NES game was called Russian Attack. Oh, and I remember was, that. It was you flying in over enemy lines yes. and, and stabbing a bunch of Russians. And I think when it came <laughs> to the Nintendo, it, they, I guess, had problems with that. So it was Rush, comma, in, attack. Rush, in, attack. Rush, yeah. in, attack. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway. So this guy, Cyril, didn't really speak English that well. But there were lots of, there were plenty of people. I mean, it was a public, public school in San Francisco. There were plenty of people at the school who English was their second language, didn't speak English well. But Cyril had that particular didn't speak English well where you weren't, and he had this kind of bear-like quality and was very sweet. Jesse, that's racist. And it's like saying a Mexican has a bean-like quality. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> and you really, I mean, in all sincerity, you you did not know whether or not he was retarded. <laughs> just because? <laughs> because he just had kind of a retarded ethos thing about him and also didn't speak english well so he really couldn't express himself very well what it sounds like you're getting at is a game show on your program called russian or retarded and (laughs) that's really that's really fucking kind of racist yeah yeah. no it's not me i'm just i'm i'm extrapolating the bones of what what you were saying i want to be clear that there were plenty of other russian american students in my school who i did not wonder whether they were retarded um, they, he, Cyril was very specific and I saw, was seeing Cyril again 10 years later now, right? So we were 18 then, we're 27, 28 now. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, figured out, I did not get an answer to the question because number one, his English is still about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still has a vaguely developmentally disabled quality about him. But he might be very articulate but, in his language. But check this shit out right here. Check this shit out. He just got his master's degree from San Francisco State University. Was it in retard studies? (laughs) (laughs) Was it in blocks? (laughs) Block fun blocks? Now here's the thing. Is that a a Tetris uh, reference? (laughs) Uh, Oh no, it's not. But I was thinking of something a retard would. I major in Tetris. (laughs) So Cyril. I can sing all three songs. So Cyril has a master's degree in music performance in violin, which was the instrument he played when we were at School of the Arts, and he is a good violinist. Um, but 
he played um uh uh the the he he was like okay i'm gonna play a song for everyone and uh for one thing volunteering to perform was a little bit questionable but what can you do and then he he's gonna play a song and we're like okay (laughs) i think when i find out he's gonna play a song i'm like okay well he's gonna play something that's so like intricate that at least I'll know he's a savant. You know what I mean? Like, at least I'll have that to know about Cyril. And again, Cyril's just the sweetest guy in the world. But he plays... Hopefully uh, not a listener to your show at this I'm, point. I don't think he has the English skills. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. He'd have trouble following it. But he plays the song that goes, uh, Lullaby and Goodnight. You know that song? Yeah. I don't know what the name of that song is, Lullaby. And Goodnight. And he plays that. That was his song that he played. Which, when you think about it, is the song that a developmentally disabled person who is a savant at playing the uh, the violin might choose to play. So I think the answer is, not that I think he's developmentally disabled, but I ten years later, I thought I was going to get an answer, and I did not at all. Nope. You, you thought he was gonna you thought he was gonna throw you a bone by playing something slick. Yeah. And, then, and then it left more questions. I thought it's either a- he would be working at McDonald's and um, and have the same language skills. And the language skills weren't because he was a relatively recent immigrant. It was because he struggled with lamb- language skills because of a diminished capacity. It sounds like what you're describing is a re- uh, a, a retarded version of It's Pat. Or <laughs> 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 you can't tell. That's exactly the situation I was in. I thought it would either be that or it would be that uh, 10 years later he had developed plenty of like language skills so he was able to express himself m- much better the worst possible name for that show would be it's tard <laughs> you should definitely not name the show you that you should definitely not name it that that's very offensive and i also wonder were, were you dropping hints like Okay, coins are great for currency or fun to suck on. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> really I, nummy. I, I also want to be clear too that I sincerely, I sincerely like Cyril, and I was happy to see him. Like clearly, yeah. I know. <laughs> I thought like you guys were fast friends. No, I mean he was just a really sweet <laughs> well, guy. Friends. You know, like <laughs> he was just a really nice guy. You know what I mean? And like he was just really nice. And uh, but I really felt like I needed to know because you're. It's a. It's just different in your mind to know I'm which not buying, one it is. I'm not buying this. You like him thing. Like, oh, and then, <laughs> and, then right. there, and then there was my like other a... good friend from high school, the guy who smelled like diarrhea. What a great guy! <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying Sweet this. Sweet as pie. I'm not saying this guy. Okay, let's be clear. I'm. I would. I'm not saying that this guy is, for example, the girl who wrote the who read the sex poem about Elvis the pelvis stoico in class. And did the monologue from uh, Double Dragon, the movie. We've talked about her before. She was not at the reunion. I did not like her. Okay. Um, but I am talking about a guy who, he was, everybody liked him. He was well-liked. He was well-liked. But he didn't have friends because he, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know the difference that I mean? Like, it's not like people, people totally didn't make fun of him. You're or, not like, describing liking him. him. You're, you're describing people either pitied him <laughs> yeah. or they or, or they, him they didn't saying things so they could or he didn't he it. didn't do anything that made them hate him. So it sounded like <laughs> it, it, you know, like it's not like everyone's reaction was he's a fairly benign individual. Yeah. Well, yes, he's pleasant. <laughs> he had a sweet temperament. 
<laughs> he surprised us all by not murdering a girl but because he just wanted to touch her hair. <laughs> Which was great. So, and for that, we liked him. Yeah, for that, thank you for not hey, killing any of Cyril. us. Thanks for defying our expectations and he not bludgeoning anyone. You know, if I was if I was going to use a different metaphor to describe him, other than Russian bear trainer, it might be uh, George from Of Mice and Men, yep. a very gentle man. Thank you for not <laughs> thank you for not punching anyone in the head with your chimp strength. <laughs> But I feel like it was a. I we feel like liked it was, him. I feel like what it was a, a real situation. I feel like it was a real problem, even for teachers, because <laughs> you can't you can't teach to him as though you can't just teach him as as one would teach a developmentally disabled individual. He might have just been a quiet guy, Jesse. He might have just been a quiet. I guy. tried to talk. That's the thing. I tried to talk to him at the thing because I because I wanted to kind of know the answer. Have and, you known a lot of Russians? Maybe culturally, and also because he was sort of like you know he was kind of peripheral. And no, I I like I said I have known a lot of Russians. There were a lot of Russian kids at my high school, and there were kids who talked to each other in Russian. Cyril did not talk to them in Russian. Okay, um, which is evidence for. Um, him being different even to them. Okay. Um, in fact, I, one of the people I was really excited to see was uh, somebody who I found out and was totally blown away by this fact. I mean, I, I, uh, 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 a casual acquaintance of mine named Andrew in high school um, who uh, I knew, I mean, I knew that Russian was his first language and he was a uh, 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 Russian immigrant, but he mentioned to me as we were talking that when he started at our high school, he didn't speak any English. He and he had been in he had been in the United States for three months, and that blew me away because he was I mean the the guy is a super genius and just learned English through you know brute force at you know because fourteen is like it's not it's like that's pretty old for learning English by immersion uh, just naturally like a four year old does mm -hmm. you know what I mean like fourteen is a is a point in your life where you have to. In order to learn a new language, you have to work at it and have some facility with languages and be smart. You know what I mean? See, kids, don't be a Cyril. <laughs> learn your languages. Anyway, so there was – I wasn't just – but at the same time, like, Cyril has relatively bright eyes. And will engage. It just you. sounds worse. The more you yeah. try to, the more you try yeah. to disclaim it, it just the worse it makes him sound. Yeah. He had soft hugs. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, the guy had soft hugs. I don't know. So there was twenty people at my reunion, and that was really, really strange. Was it worth it? What do you feel like it was worth it to go? Well, you know, here's the thing. I mean, my high school was. I mean, there's a certain extent to which I think um, high school is just fundamentally traumatic in some way. Um, just because you're adolescent and adolescence is traumatic. Um, but I love, I really enjoyed my high school and it's not because I was like a, a cool kid or a popular kid or something like that. Like, I don't think, I mean, I, I was going to like, I don't, I wasn't like a guy that got picked on, but like, frankly, at school of the arts in San Francisco, the people getting picked on community is pretty tiny. Right. Like you have to really like the only person I can the think people of who don't have uh, high enough arches for dance class. Yeah. Well, the, the, the jocks get picked on the dancers. Oh, were you going to play football? <laughs> the dancers would, the dancers were probably picking on people to each other as they stood outside smoking cigarettes mm -hmm. and having really severe haircuts. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, generally speaking, it was not a big pick on -y kind of high school. 
and uh, a really great, like really creative, like full of really cool, awesome people. Like I was had a really great high school experience, so I was really happy to go and see people that I hadn't seen in a really long time. Uh, Hardwick, you um, now you you've you alluded to kind of a lack of dating in high school, a chess club, a computer club, uh, a Latin club. Oh wow! Okay. Wow. That's... Would you say that you saved Latin? <laughs> no, still a dead language. Okay. Um, is there? Do you have an instinct to? Chris was also in the Rushmore Beekeepers. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the Rushmore. Um, <laughs> any any uh, do you have any kind of uh, uh, instinct to go back and lord success over people? Is that uh, oh, does that sound appealing to you? Does that appeal to you? Because I'm, you you had this uh, nerdy high school experience, you uh, in in college you became a television celebrity, right? You were still in school when when you started on single on MTV. I was still in college when I started. Yeah, I mean, I guess I probably, in all honesty, and 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 it's not like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird because we're not talking about like Clooney success here. Yeah, you sure. know, I mean, we're talking about. You know, basic cable uh, recognizability, mm-hmm. um, which is different than being a superstar. But I'm going to be I'm going to be real with you, Chris. You're two levels of success uh, uh, above me for the average high, for a high school reunion purposes, and people were pretty impressed by my success. I don't know. You know, it's funny because I went to a I went to three my 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 family moved, so I went to three different high schools uh... um, in three different states. But in uh, where I where I where I part you know grew up for it's it's it was elementary school and junior high that I did I did have the desire to be like fuck you guys because I mean I was mercilessly tortured in uh, and 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 I guess rightfully so <laughs> for being <laughs> you had it coming for for being a you know I mean anyone any kid who brings Atari twenty six hundred cartridges to school you can't play them at school <laughs> no. why would you bring them you, you can know, only I show them just I guess to, I can just to hold them if you feel just afraid. to have them in your bag but just yeah, to, let's be secu- honest that's the security blanket uh, the, Atari twenty six hundred cartridges do based on the cover art seem like they would be a lot cooler than the actual than they actually are yeah being. yeah this is, this is like graphic novel type art yeah. and then you know it's eight, a square shooting two, at a tr- Triangle. Yeah, shooting lines. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, there was definitely in 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 grade school, I I was mercilessly tortured and 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 of course wanted to kind of go back and be like, fuck you guys. Yeah. And then and um, I should clarify too, when you say fuck you, you're doing a, a complicated fuck you gesture, not the traditional one. It's one where you kind of jab sideways and, and then it's a turn scoop. it up. It's a scoop. And then scoop it up. Yeah. The truth of the matter is most of them, even if I had done that, probably been like, uh, I don't fucking care. You know, like, I don't think anyone <laughs> would have cared. And then probably around 2001, I uh, I had tracked down. I tried to, you know, whenever I'd go back to visit my dad in Memphis, I would track, you know, people down that I went to school with and try to get together. Knife them. <laughs> knife them in the face. <laughs> and uh, Give them the old Russian attack. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Who would believe the guy from Singled Out would stab people in the face and bury their dissected <laughs> bodies? So, uh, you know, I, and I and I tracked this girl down that was... Someone might think of that of the guy from Shipmates, to right. be fair. But not the Singled Out guy. Yeah, no. Shipmates guy, for sure. He was angry. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but so, and so I hooked up with... I met up with this girl that was probably, like, the bitchiest girl to me in school... And she and she was like, you know, I I have to say, I, I was I was I had such a rough childhood. I was really a bitch to you, and I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. And I was like, kind of like you best know, case scenario. You know what? I it's you can't hold people accountable when they're kids 
and everyone's scared and trying to figure shit out and you know and you know and you look back and you think the people who were the biggest assholes to you it's because they were the most unhappy in their lives it just all of a sudden became instantly pointless so did you did your did any of your high schools invite you to a tenure reunion um one of them did the school that I cuz I came out to LA my senior year of high school and that school invited me to the 10 year and, uh, and that and would I didn't be go. here in Los Angeles. Yeah, and I still didn't go. So easy. I know, and I, I blew it off. Jordan, I blew it off anyway. You you uh grew up in the same place where you went to high school. Yes. Did you were you in one of those things where you like went to high you went to high school with the people that you went to middle school and elementary school with? Um yeah, for the most part. Yeah, that sounds about right. Cuz that's that's definitely something that I think is like my high school being a it was a public school but it was a magnet school. So uh, you had to like apply to get in. So it's people from all over. So not that many of the people like went to middle school with each other. Yeah, if I, I think it would have been different if I had actually um, I, the one I probably would have wanted to go to was back in Memphis where I had spent the most time with people. The one in L.A. I just sort of felt like, yeah, I mean, I knew, I was friends with a couple people. I wasn't really that connected to anybody. It didn't really. It just didn't really make any. I just didn't really care. I mean, and I went to I went to all boys Catholic school. I'm like, I don't want to go sit through a mass, you know, just to <laughs> tell people what's There's say a hey, mass what's up. At the reunion. I think there was, yeah. I think that's, there was. That's kind of bullshit. <laughs> it was a little on bullshit. The, on the plus side, there's plenty of sacramental wine. <laughs> there was at the time, and the time, and the time, and the time I would Christ! I would have uh, I would have uh, imbibed. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now, Jordan, you've got only like you're like a year a year out because you're a year younger than me. Yeah, yeah. I guess mine will be i guess i graduated in in 2000 so it'll be it'll probably be next year now you were prom king of your high school uh homecoming king homecoming king Excuse uh only me. uh uh and i guess it's probably the 18th time i've told this story on the podcast because you bring up my homecoming kingness a lot i just uh, think it's really me i was i was elected homecoming king and then found out a couple years ago that a guy i knew who worked in the office rigged it so i would win oh my god <laughs> that's amazing it was actually you know kind of the it was the, kind of bullshit though were you appreciative or angry no i thought it was kind of cool it's kind of even better than <laughs> actually winning is being part of a, a of a of a con of an inside I, conspiracy yeah so that's anyways. pretty cool. Was was now? Did you uh, did you touch the boobs of the homecoming queen? Did 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 other students do? That's what other students ceremony perceive you differently because you had gotten this post. Yeah, I you know, I don't know. I think I certainly probably raised your profile a little bit. Yeah, no, it was. I'll bet you were like a like the, a guy that people really liked in high school, like a funny, outgoing dude. Yeah. yeah, no, you know, I I I I thank God never really had a lot of problem with. Picked onedness. Um, yeah, I never really felt. I mean, you know, I certainly was. You know, I, you... I certainly was was you know called a drama faggot a few times. Right. Uh, by... But to be fair, you were one. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely mincing around like a real queen. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah no, I, I was in place. I was and, dressed know. like royalty in a cape full of dicks. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. If, if somebody wanted to start calling people faggot at my high school, it just never would have ended. The faggotry <laughs> went on for miles. It would have been a compliment. It would have been school. fantastic, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I, I had, a, I, I, I enjoyed high school all right. I was definitely, I don't have any, any ill will. And yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to the reunion. Actually, I think it'll be fun. And then, uh, were you, know, you high profile away, in so. high school? I didn't realize at the time that I was high profile. In, mm-hmm. but now, like people will, um, like tr- my wife Teresa and I went to high school together, and um. It has happened to us where people from our high school have come up and talked to me as someone who went to our high school and not realized that she also went to our high school. 
Oh, that's weird. And it's not because they, and it's totally not because of any kind of like later experience with me, like notoriety from my, you know, marginal success as a public radio programmer. Like it was, it's because I was somehow high profile in high I was, school. I know I was, I feel like in school I was negative high profile. Uh-huh. And they say any press is good press, and I I would say that's not true <laughs> because <laughs> I, my, I I feel like I was ne- it was much easier for me in high school because then I went to you know I went to these new high schools and so I could kind of start over but still you know my personality always caught up you know like you can only fake it for so long when I first moved out to L A the the first group of kids my senior year that I fell in with was all like the smoking hot cheerleaders and and the football team or whatever and that lasted about a month. You know, like when you're sitting with like, you know, these friggin' cool California cheerleaders smoking pot and you're like, did you see the Bobcat Goldthwait special, you know, <laughs> on HBO? I can't wait for Shakes the Clown to come and, out. And then you start quoting it. Then they're, then they're like, not so much. So then I, I you know, then I found the group that I, I was supposed to, to be with. You know, it was a couple of my best friend in school was an amazing artist. And, you know, like it just like the geek. You know, I just I just found my fun art geeks and um, and, and then and then settled. And I was like, ah, this this feels right. The do other thing think, was not right. Do you think, Jordan, that people are going to go to your high school reunion? Uh yeah no I, I uh yeah I think so I mean yeah definitely definitely knowing uh knowing what where, I do where, about where, my high you grow school up? it was in Orange County oh okay uh, so yeah it seems like I, I I think probably a lot of them I think Orange County is uh, I'm gonna guess a lot of people stay in Orange County yeah it seems to be kind of definitely a kind of a, a comfy nesting area not a lot of I don't think there's a lot of people feel like I'm getting the fuck out of here you know right. just because it's nice and suburban and comfortable so right I don't think we- weather's that, good. Like, yeah, weather's fine. Plenty uh, of skateboarding shoes. Absolutely. Tons. Not going to run out of skateboarding shoes. You can shoes. cruise around in your giant pickup truck. A lot of, lot of Sublime records you sure. can buy. Absolutely. A lot of Sublime cover bands at bars. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. And you know what? They do requests. <laughs> Stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> Be another band. <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun and pleasant, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna fuck all kinds of chicks. All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Double all, high five. All kinds. All kinds. Distance five. Mm-hmm. I thought forty people would choke to my high Technically, school. Technically, that was ten, Jesse. I know. Sorry. Um, I ain't got can add. I just. I got over ambitious. You got. You get too excited. I said something, and I got really excited to high five Jordan because he's such a great pal. Yeah. You know. And then I just I ruined it. I made that great. Fucking declaration. <laughs> anyway, I I went to that. I, w- I went to a wedding at the Four Seasons. Um, had some great hors d'oeuvres. Uh, I do not. I a lot of people love weddings. Um, Why, Jesse? No, who loves weddings? Nobody loves weddings. Like certain people women love do. weddings. That's not a wedding crashers love weddings. Yeah, yeah. But, the but, wedding crashers, they love weddings. They did. Vince Vaughn. They uh, Owen. They fucking love. They'll crash. They don't give a shit. They'll crash any wedding you put in front of them. Can I ask you a question about? And uh, then after they're done, they'll be in another separate movie that's attached to that first movie. Can I ask you a question, <laughs> Jordan? Yes. You you saw? Have you seen the movie The uh, The Hangover yet? Uh, I've not Chris? seen it, but um, you know, obviously. Uh, You're, you know, uh, like a Zach Galifianakis and Ed I know Helms, Zach and and, uh, and I, I I played poker uh, with uh, with Bradley Cooper about a month a month ago, and he was just the nicest, most charming, funny guy, very handsome. And so, because I'm a fan of everyone who's in the movie, 
I'm I'm genuinely uh, looking I, I forward enjoy to the, seeing it. I enjoy the movie a lot. I'm I'm hoping uh, it's looking like. I mean, we'll we'll see. It's always a knock on wood type situation, but it looks like I could try and get to Todd Phillips on the show. Oh, great! Um, who I'd love to get because you know there's not a lot of people who make funny comedy movies when it comes down to it. You know right. what I mean? Um, and uh, I enjoyed the movie. It's definitely uh, will be every uh, douchebag's favorite movie forever. It might. I mean, even it might. more, even more than. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying this is because it's bad. It's actually because it's good. But even more than, to some extent, old school is every douchebag's uh, favorite movie. Well, this now. could be this could be a new generation of them. Yeah, but this I, is. But what this I, is, and it's also significantly has has significantly more things that douchebags will love, and significantly fewer uh, weird things. But what I, you know what I'll say about it is that it's not. It doesn't seem like the formula of just like, yeah, we'll just put some, uh, we'll just put some dudes in the movie and try to make it be funny. Like Zach has a really strong voice that what you know will bleed through. Bradley has a is funny oh, and, and Ed, Ed Helms. I think, and so they'll all bring that to the. You I think know, all of those things. I think all of those baby. things are totally the case. The baby's amazing. Sun, sunglass baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Mike Tyson's in it. He's very funny. Sunglass in it. baby now because dancing baby was for the douchebags, but now sunglass baby is taken over. It's amazing though how you can look at it and just you can see people. You, you, I, I was sitting in a totally packed movie theater here in Los Angeles, the douchebag capital of the world, and I could see people just as the as the film unfolded. And again, I want to say again, I really liked it. Um, but as the film unfolded, you could see people just reacting to it completely differently, and you could just feel people reacting with completely di- for completely different. That is reasons. so. That's so. It's so great that you say that because. I saw when I saw Tropic Thunder here in L.A., it was like the theater was it like people were falling down laughing mm-hmm. at, at and then and then I went back uh, to Tennessee and I and was my dad I'm like oh I gotta take you to see Tropic Thunder and we went and watched people didn't react the same they didn't laugh as much and they laughed in totally different parts like like people were conf- like the opening of Tropic Thunder where they show you the 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 trailers from the different things that all the characters in the movie are doing. People really thought those were trailers like he just, he just said trailers. pussy like fifty times, but it still yeah. yeah they did not they did not get it at all, and it it just it was so interesting to see the cultural difference of like oh yeah yeah you like blue collar comedy where uh, you know a hick uh, d- drops his pants or whatever Teresa <laughs> hick drops his pants. Teresa said to me Teresa said to me on the way home. <laughs> They would have. I kind of like. I just think when you say that, like, oh, you like comedy? Just like I like the idea of somebody just coming on stage, dropping his pants, and And then then fucking fifty-minute applause break. That's the whole set right there. And then guns are shot up into the air. Teresa said to me on the way home, um, uh, "That was that was funny because the things they did were so horrible." But two thirds of the people in that theater were laughing because they thought the things they did were so fantastic. But that you know, like that, I think that's a good comedy, though. Like, I mean, you know, do you, do you really think that that the majority of people who went to see Steve Martin in the seventies were like, he's satirizing comedy? You know, like they just they liked the that they liked the first level of it. Yeah. You know, and then it, it that's the that's the best and he comedy didn't even where have Mike Tyson in his, which was a big bonus on this one. That's right. Well, they yanked him out of the trailers now because his because his daughter, daughter. just yeah. What died happened? His, his daughter, daughter died, died in a treadmill accident. I mean, like a just treadmill accident. Just a couple of days yeah. ago. Yeah. Wow. And so. Um, the, they, I, the last couple trailers I've seen for the movie, he was not Mike to be Tyson. seen. Oh wow! Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one really great thing about this movie. 
uh, Zach Galifianakis does Zach Galifianakis stuff in it for the length of the film. It's like, uh, I would say, you know, it's not a full strength Zach Galifianakis thing, but it's Zach Galifianakis playing to his strengths, and he's fantastic. Well, th- and I think that's. And he's going to be a movie star now. Absolutely. And I think that's really smart of Todd Phillips. I mean, that's a good director who will who will recognize, hey, you're funny for this reason. You're, you just do what you do, and we'll make you know. That's a really that's a really special thing that I think uh, I I think is like one of the reasons that to some extent we're living in a golden age of comedy is that the, is you know I think that's one of the greatest strengths of you know of the Judd Apatow world as well is really f- seeing what's great about performers. And even performers who, you know, like, I mean, I think for just, uh, for example, I think Seth Rogen is, is really amazing. Um, but he's, he's also um, has these certain specific skills that if he was just making, I don't know, Adam Sandler, you know, Happy Madison movies, mm-hmm. um, that they wouldn't play to his skills and he, it would just fall flat, I think. And I think in the context of this, of of somebody who's really nurturing the things that he does so well, he can not only be hilarious doing the thing he does that he's hilarious at, but he also can grow as a performer in a way that he wouldn't have, I think, if he was just doing the kind of movies and, and, that and, and I think Rob Schneider does. And I you think know? that's when you have when you have actual comedy people writing and directing films. Yeah, that's the difference as opposed to someone that's like, eh, you you know you normally do horror mo- coming and direct a comedy. And then that person does what I they think a, commercials. a comedy is, you know, as opposed to the com- as opposed to like the the performer, director, or writer and who they just understands. Figure maybe like a like a somebody like a Bill Murray will just uh, think of some funny stuff to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he will. And, yeah. And it'll be great. And it'll be so much better than well, what be you fine than anyway. what you could have written for him. Yeah, but the, but when you're when you're putting together these, I I think that's a really I think that's really a, a uh, something special that Todd Phillips has done. In his movies, I mean, I I think of like something like uh, uh, like uh, uh, Craig Kilborn in Old School, wasn't it? Old School <laughs> that Craig Kilborn was, in? yeah. And Craig Kilborn is like perfectly I, cast in that movie. He's so funny in that movie. I mean, he's fantastically funny. It really like it's really a perfect distillation of his greatest comic skills. And I I mean, I like I actually like Craig Kilborn okay as a comedy performer overall. But um, that makes one of us. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I, I think Craig Coburn's moderately funny. But um, uh, in that movie, I think he's fantastically funny because they really found the right place for him. You know, I was watching. Uh, I, I Netflixed uh, Hot Rod recently, mm-hmm. and I was uh, watching that last night. And uh, Will Arnett plays kind of the Craig Kilborn role in that. He's the waspy, mm-hmm. jerky boyfriend. I'm like, I, it was so like, and and just does such a great job. And I'm like. Man, that's an archetype that I will love to play, but ha- I'm having to just convince myself that it'll just never happen. Yeah, like there's no uh, there's no universe in, that I would be good at being the waspy it's, uh, it's, sweater about the shoulders it's boyfriend. The, it's the world of Chevy Chase. Yeah, sure. It's the world of Chevy Chase. Only Chevy Chase is the one who uh, could make it almost uh, appealing or palatable, almost relatable. Right. Because he was so that was that was his that was his like magic that was his like magic touch. Was the ability to take that horrible character and bring it just close enough? There's something about him that people could actually kind of like him, mm-hmm. like in Fletch or something like that. He's just I saw that going movie around four hundred times, acting acting mean and weird and crazy and saying nonsense things. God, that's funny. You can't write that movie. Like you, uh, I mean, may, maybe maybe a lot of that. I don't. I'd, I'd be interested to find out if Fletch was 
like how scripted it was. Yeah. And how much was was just the yeah, we'll just let Chevy just, you know, like throw in some Chevyisms. Yeah. I mean, God. it just it was such a that movie was such a connect for me as a kid. Yeah, uh-huh. and especially when you, oh, well, I'm not you, you start me talking about how much I love Chevy Chase. It's going to be a long it's going to be a long Community. conversation. You might, you might talk about it almost as long as you talk about whether or not someone is retarded. <laughs> Shut up, Jordan. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Of course, Chris Hardwick with us. We have a a sponsor this week on the program, Jordan. We're getting a lot of sponsorship inquiries. People like this. That is great. People like the... That's a nice thing to do. I invented a name. Lately, we've been having all these personal announcements on Mm -hmm. the sponsorship. That's called our Jumbotron style announcement. Okay, yeah. That's when you pay $100 to uh, uh, get an announcement about somebody, you know, somebody has a birthday or somebody graduated from something. Jumbotron. It's like the, the Jumbotron at the baseball game. Will you marry me, Sheila? Exactly. We would we would love to have somebody pay us $100 to have us make their wedding proposal for them on this thing. But anyway. I guarantee you that's going to happen now. If it is, it's going to be awesome. I'm all on board for it. Well, yeah. My uh, friend of mine, uh, uh, Dr. Sean Wiley, recently defended his dissertation successfully and became a doctor. And um, uh, not a medical doctor, obviously, a doctor mm-hmm. of social science. And uh, he went to the baseball game with his dad, and his mom paid for uh, a thing that said, congratulations, Dr. Wiley, to come up on the Jumbotron. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. That's pretty sweet. The Jumbotron is great. That's a great thing. They really got a great hustle going there. Obviously, radio not a not a visual medium. No, so this yeah. is the, this could, is the equivalent. If your person listens to when I say it's like the jumbotron, I mean I'm assuming the people go to sporting events and listen to George Jesse go during the game. Right. So in that case, it is sort of like that. So what's on the jumbotron this week? Ah, uh, we have a great commercial announcement this week. Uh, it is vgkids.com this is a screen printing business kids with an s kids with a z which that's, is it that's kids with an s my okay. friend um vg kids they're sponsoring us all this month jordan um uh they're really awesome i talked uh, to the guy james who's the owner along with his wife it's one of these awesome kind of like screen printing businesses that um people who are really cool and artistic do because they want to be able to make a thing sure you know what i mean um they make all kinds of beautiful amazing stuff Anything that you can screen print, but that includes not just, I mean, they, um, they'll print uh, stickers, T-shirts, that kind of thing, the kind of things that you would expect, um, but they will also print uh, business cards, stationery. They're seriously, they just, he told me they're just about to start uh, with printing stationery. And like, if you're like a, like stationery at this point, you really mostly need Unless you're a, a you know a big business that sends a lot of business correspondence for times when you need to be classy, mm-hmm. I feel like screen printed stationery perfect for times when you need to. But be But in classy. a world where people where you know emails don't take a lot of time, mm-hmm. if you write a handwritten note on professional looking stationery to someone, especially if it's it will blow their freaking <laughs> mind. Especially if it's like and like if if it's screen printed instead of being offset printed or something like that, it's like. It's like artistic, like it's like says like I'm creative and amazing. 
That's like that's like something you would get from something you bought off Etsy. <laughs> like yeah, you'd get a exactly. you'd get a screen printed thank handwritten mm-hmm. thank you card. Exactly. Plus, let's just say you want to make three hundred stickers, they'll do it for fifty seven bucks. That's oh. another additional uh, uh, advantage of VGKids.com. And above all that, I talked to James. I said you're going to sponsor us for a month. Uh, Jordan Jesse goes listeners. They need to print stuff. They need a printing discount. So uh, the printing discount. 15%, all you have to do is mention Jordan Jesse Go when you place your order. They will give you 15% off right off the top uh, from VGKids.com. So our special thanks to VGKids.com. Of course, if you want to sponsor Jordan Jesse Go, you can. Uh, just email me at jesse at MaximumFun.org, and we'll uh, set it up from as little as $100 a program for a personal announcement. Um, and uh, if you're thinking of proposing to someone... <clears throat> oh, yeah, we will ruin that. <clears throat> we will ruin that up. With, there is no uh, podcast on the internet more romantic than Jordan Jesse Go. What you just demonstrated to me is that you would propose to someone with a series of uh, throat clears. <laughs> yes. That was Morse code. But I don't think you... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not... sorry. I guess you don't speak Morse code. Oh, I, I... guess... I guess you never got your ham radio license, Mr. So-Called Nerdist. <laughs> Sorry, war your... veterans. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy with your Latin. <laughs> That's right. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Chris Hardwick, nerdist. That was good. Nice. I like that. You know why? You know why Chris can do that kind of thing? Hmm. He's a pro. <laughs> this guy is a professional. I'm a sure. professional talker. This guy has been a professional broadcaster since he was in college. That's okay. True. He's funny, handsome, came over at the last minute when our other guest canceled. That's right. Uh, got a television you're our, program. Uh, you're our Tony Randall. <laughs> How does that feel? I'm going to have a kid when I'm 75 and gay. You're (laughs) going to be pumping them out, my friend. Pumping out the babies. This was a nice, like, today's been my first day off in a while, and it was like, I had to fly to to San Francisco yesterday just for six hours and then fly home to cover something for for G4. Jeez, Louise, you, okay, so we we had had asked you to come on the show before the pledge drive, I think, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then at the last, like, something came up. Jordan Jordan had to be out of town or something like that Mm -hmm. on the day that we were hoping to uh, plan. We had to cancel on you. And then I was scared to ask you back because you have been in that intervening four weeks or whatever it has been since since that day when you were going to come in here and we canceled on you. You went from uh, you went from unemployed nerd gadfly, semi-employed nerd gadfly, working, uh, doing your various gigs on the Bonnie Hunt show and uh, <laughs> Attack of the Show, other uh, ladies' daytime television mm-hmm. talk programming. Right. Um, uh, filling in for a for a Sprinkles, Kevin Sprinkles Pereira. Right. Um, uh, doing a field report on something. Mm-hmm. Um, making a blog post on Nerdist.com mm-hmm. to being overemployed by virtue of the fact that you got a hosting job on your own television program. It's true. And it's not just your own television program, because you've hosted your own television program before. People have heard of a little show called uh, uh, Shipmates. They, some, a few people have. People know about the that. The people who were actually on the show and then a handful of other people. And you're no, <laughs> and you're no stranger to the world of hosting. I think uh, a, a few months ago you hosted a, a network television pilot. You're an accomplished television I did, I did. Hoster. Um, no doubt about that. But this is not just any television program. 
No. This is not just any Chris Hardwick's television program. This is like if you took made a list of things that Chris Hardwick would be a great show host of and then added them all together, you would get this new television program. I hope so. <laughs> be a ter- I don't know. I don't know who in Hollywood is making that spreadsheet. That's how people get jobs. <laughs> that's what Robert Zemeckis does now. That's right. He works on that spreadsheet. It uh, looks like. Uh, oh, Judge Reinhold. All right. Well, spreadsheets don't lie. Is we're gonna get Judge Reinhold? Maybe we should yeah. take a second look at that. Nope. <laughs> it says Judge Reinhold. Yeah, it just says it. It says Reinhold. Reinhold. Um. So your new television program, Web Soup. Mm-hmm. This television program is part of a franchise of television programs. Yes, part of the Soup franchise. What are the now? What are the Soup related? Um, you got Talk Soup, of course. Well, just the Soup, right? Talk, Talk soup, soup was the old version, starring Greg Kinnear, if mm. I'm not mistaken. No, I think you're thinking mid '90s, Jesse. Jesse, yeah, the Soup right. now is hosted by yeah. Joel McHale. Right, Talk Soup with uh, Greg Kinnear. That's right, Talk Soup with Greg Kinnear. Gotcha. And uh, then there's sports. That's on after Conan, if I'm not mistaken. I think you might be mistaken. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I thought it was on. I was under the impression that it was on uh, opposite. Maybe it was on opposite Tom Snyder. Uh, no, Tom Snyder has retained his time slot, and he's on before Byron Allen. Okay. Gotcha. So now everything's right. everything's everything's in place. Gotcha. 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 And then Morton Downey Jr. will sure. is, uh, okay. is, is the late night. Slot. Fantastic. Fantastic. Where does where does the Don Imus show fit into all of this? It, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. No. Doesn't, doesn't his, really fit in. What about his late night talk show? No. Nope. I don't think his late night talk show fits in. Uh, what's that? Up late, up late with. Up let's late just. With, uh, can we just end this? Uh, the GM mystery hour on the Dumont Network. <laughs> okay. Great. Can we just? Uh, can we just stop this? Uh, this bit and go Sorry. on. Okay. There you go. Night, night flight. <laughs> watch night flight. <laughs> um, so there's there's sports soup is a is a sports version of the soup on on a channel called Versus and then that's not even a real channel. No, it's I don't a real mean channel. To, I don't mean to offend the Viacom Corporation, a powerful. It's not. It's Comcast. It's Comcast not Viacom. Corporation, whichever corporation it is that owns the Style Network. Style Network has the dish, which is like Lady Soup. Okay, there and, you then, go. and then and then there's back there's to verses real quick. I know mm-hmm. that you're probably not this is entrenched the one with in Tom this. Arnold. You're right? not as, you're not entrenched in this. It's just kind of part of your peripheral television family. But mm-hmm. you created this. You created verses. I I created the verses channel. Mm-hmm. I right. was like. Me, Chris Hardwick, I don't understand anything about sports. I would like to create a channel <laughs> devoted to sports. Well, I think the original concept was that it would be about child bowling. Yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> then when the network gets its hands yeah, on it, yeah. childhood bowling is the first yeah. thing that gets your, pulled. Your flagship show for that network was "What Ball Does This Go To?" That's right. And they didn't like that for some reason. They didn't like it for they didn't they didn't like it for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say maybe the mistake. Uh, made the kind of confusion with verses. Uh, I know verses as. Um, a uh, Japanese movie where the Japanese mafia fights zombies. And this then, is not a channel devoted to that. No, no, it's it's more. Sp- is sports. it just about the zombies or just about the Japanese? It's about zombie bowlers, <laughs> right? But it's regional. It takes place in New England, so it's candle pin bowling. Uh huh. Which oh. listen, people love zombies. They love candle pin bowling. Right. So my point was, why not something for everyone? An entire channel, twenty four seven of zombie candle pin bowling. Right. And uh, and then you know, like as you go through the process, like I said, the network kind of changes stuff, and then instead they put on sports. Soup. I like. Sort of like radioactive monsters and lawn bowling. Is there any? We're on the same. Pa- Listen, you're preaching to the choir. Right. I don't run the channel anymore, so right. I can't. Uh, I can't gotcha. do that. Okay, I'm not trying to look. I understand that your power, while vast, is nonetheless limited. Yeah. Can I just close this out by saying vampire lawn darts? Yes. I'm just gonna go ahead and, and then yeah. just put a cap <laughs> just, on this. Vampire move. lawn darts. <laughs> 
So it's anyway, so you, now, now you've got... So the, the common element of all these programs is they show a little clip of something and they make a joke about it. That's right. And, um, and, Joel, and, and yours, jo- so there's there's the entertainment, daytime talk show, reality shows on and the Joel, show. And Joel does that, Joel McHale does that beautifully. Oh, and, he's and, fantastic. And, and Very so, funny guy. You know, um, so they looked at this and they said um, they wanted one with spiders. No, there. I mean, yeah, there might technically be spiders at some point if right. they appear on the internet. So you started. So you started a spider one, or all arachnids. It's not all arachnids. There are. There might be some arachnids from time to time. Okay. It's uh, lycanthropic curling. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I thought that was discussion was over. I was dead wrong. Yeah. Listen, you there put a, you put a werewolf on ice. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, well, it turns out you left some runners on base, and uh, Chris Hardwick had to knock them in with a grand slam home run. <laughs> sure, <laughs> some runners on base. <laughs> so not all spiders all the time. I mean, it, it's a uh, it, it, it's a fun format. Like it's a I, natural format. I, right? I, I inter- guest hosted. Ta- I guest hosted. I guest hosted Talk Soup in um, you know in the early two thousands when they were in between Hal and Aisha, and uh, and I I loved doing it then. And then when when Joel, who actually I had known Joel before he got cast on the soup, and when he got it, my first thought was, ah, fuck, I really want. I didn't even audition for it. Like, I really wish I had done that show. But then, you know, Joel's a, Joel's super funny, so yeah, I was like, all right, guy. I get why they put him. I mean, at least at least they didn't give it to someone that you're like, really? I mean, you know, Joel was a pretty pretty natural fit for I'm that show. T- I'll tell was, you this. I'll tell you this about that Joel McHale. I I I I don't like. Uh, I don't. I hate reality shows. I also am uncomfortable with making fun of them, uh, but that Joel McHale does a really kick-ass job. He's great. He's, he's very funny. He's really great. And so, you know, it's sort of—I mean, of all the of all the soup franchised shows, I feel like you know, Web Soup. I, I just don't want people to think, "Oh, you're trying to do a Joel McHale voice." I, I'm doing pretty much the same <laughs> thing that I've done for 15 years. <laughs> and I mean, ultimately, what you're trying to say is that Joel McHale is stealing your act. <laughs> basically, I'm saying his he, whole career is based. I'm on... saying that he has done he has done the soup format this so beautifully that I hope there is room in people's hearts for web soup. Well, I think there is room in people's hearts because there's things happen on the internet that need to be mocked. Yeah. Do you? Will you be wearing the nice suits that Joel McHale wears? No, I'll probably be wearing a lot of what you're seeing me wear right now, which is a t-shirt self-promoting and jeans. Self-promoting t-shirt. Well, this is a self-promoting t-shirt. Yes. How come you're allowed to wear your own t-shirt? I'm told that I'm not allowed to wear my own t-shirt. I've been told by certain people. I'll tell you why. Because. And, and this is coming from a person who has a box full of singled out crew jackets that were never <laughs> that, that never <laughs> touched if, my body. You just wore singled out crew jackets around. Now I saw this old Now guy. it might be funny. Yeah, when, that when would I was be at, really good. When I was at the when I was at the movies watching that um watching that insider screening of The Hangover, there was this kind of like old disheveled guy wearing a crew jacket from Midnight Run. Oh, like, oh, and man. you know he worked on that. Yeah, yeah. you totally did. Uh, like here's, the, here's I think, something you see uh, in L.A. that you don't see in any other city in the world is um, when you go into a poorer neighborhood, you see kind of uh, poor kids walking around in, in growing gifts. pains T-shirts. Yeah, 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 or you know, like something more recent, like uh, like you'll you know, like you'll see a uh, 
you know, a chubby Latino kid in a The Proposal t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I saw I was at the I was at the Goodwill the other day and I, I it took me about 5 minutes to decide not to buy an Andy Barker PI baseball cap. <laughs> you always you know, I find out that a lot of the stuff you buy at the thrift store ends up going back to the thrift store. <laughs> yeah, sure. it's you, a you, you think it's going to be funny and it's it, it, it's a circle. It. But uh I feel like it's okay for me to wear at something that's attached to my blog because I don't make any money from that. Uh-huh. And it's not really a thing. It's just sort of a goofy personal. So I sort of feel like maybe it's maybe it's okay. So it's good to make a T-shirt of it. I mean, here's the thing. I'm I'm obviously not wearing this expecting people to be like, hey, you 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 have the nerdist blog. Like I don't yeah, I, yeah. I don't think really most people don't know what it is. To get laid. Exactly. And I think that's the great divider. You know, like if you if I were to if you were to wear something and think. This is going to get people to notice me. No one is going to have any more idea of who I am because I'm wearing this, this T-shirt. Here's the thing. We printed Jordan Jesse Go T-shirts on these really nice blank T-shirts. And I always open my drawer like on a day. Like I'm not a big T-shirt wearer. But when I open my drawer on a day when I just want to wear a T-shirt, I look. I, I always think I should go for that Jordan Jesse Go T-shirt. And I think, uh, think uh, I can't because Jordan convinced me that it was. I just shouldn't do it. It does have your name on it, though. Yeah, which it, does. Is, it could be a little weird. It does have my name on it. I think you could totally wear a Sunny Young America shirt. Really? Yeah, because uh, your name's not on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that sure. the rule? There's no name on it. It's weird to wear your name on your body, it, unless it unless, unless you yeah, work at a like gas station. Yeah, it's like something a five year old does. So okay, let's let's go back to WebSuit because that's what we were talking about before I derailed it with this important conversation. That's all right. On the topic of what T-shirt you can wear. Okay, so you got this web suit. You just made the first one yesterday, right? Friday. We made it Friday. How did it go? It was so much fun. I mean, listen, this it's probably the most fun job I've ever had because I'm really involved in the process. And uh, and I like everyone on the show. And, it's, and like at the core of it, it's just fun. So, okay, so I let, hope – let me ask you this. You had two – you had you hosted these two shows that uh, that are – that are family roots of this show you're making. You've done a lot of hosting on Attack of the Show, mm-hmm. which does a lot of tech stuff, has a segment that's sort of like, uh, here's some web videos and here's some jokes about them. Right. Um, you've hosted uh, uh, The Soup, uh, which was the obviously, literally, the forefather of this program. Yeah, I hosted Talk Soup like eight years ago for an episode or okay, two. Okay, so you, but you've done both of these kinds of television. Yes. So when you're making this new show, what turned out to be surprising and or difficult or uh, uh, unexpected? Well, it's, I mean, the difficult thing is just getting rights to clips. You know, it's just like, like Jordan and I were talking before about just tracking people down who put stuff on online and say, hey, can we give you a little bit of money to sign over so we can, you know, so we can air this? That's that's sort of the, I mean, we can't just put on everything we want. You know, you have a you have a week, you know, as as a as a media as a news media type show, you can run anything you want for about a week because yeah, you can claim that you're reporting on it it's as fair news use. rather than showing it as entertainment. Right, and then after that, then you then you kind of then you need to have the rights to stuff. So you know, it's just it's 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 just playing in that ballpark and be like, okay, here's what we can get. And then just sort of you know writing jokes about that. But what but I love about the format is that it's it's very similar to stand up. I mean it feels very stand up y to me, which you know, which I love doing. Stand up with a little visual aid. Stand up with a little visual aid, because there is a live you know, I mean the original obviously the original talk soup was literally just the crew in the studio. And uh but now like the soup and our show ha- we actually have an audience. And if you want to be in the audience and you're available on Fridays at 2, you can email <laughs> WebSoup at, at – uh, oh, no, that's not it. 
shoot, what's the? Uh, oh, I think it's soup audience. Ah, crap. Go well, to my go to nerdist.com. Yeah, we can we go can to nerdist.com. It's, it's up on there. there. We'll also put it on the on the uh, forum discussion of the show. Right. So. Okay. So anyway, um, it feels very much like stand up to me, which which is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited to watch this program. I hope people like it. I mean, I I, I and by watch it, I mean steal it from the internet. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I don't Listen, have cable. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, but I imagine there will be clippage and bits and bits and boops online after the show airs and stuff. They tend to—I assume there will be. Yeah. They, they tend to do that with uh, with G Force shows. They'll, they'll podcast that, them. Yeah. I mean, AOTS gets podcast, and they put a bunch of the clips on the G Four website. So there's going to be gags, yucks, <laughs> guffaws, um, chugalugs, <laughs> chugalugs. No, sorry. <laughs> Every time after midnight by Eric Clapton comes on, my girlfriend Janet and I. Always double over with laughter at after midnight. We gonna chug a lug and shout, which is, which is one of the lines of the song. It was a line that someone wrote down, and looked then, at, and considered. Was like, yep, I'm going ahead with this. That. Thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Do you want to edit that? Nope. Nope. This is going on my rock That's album. It's not gonna seem ridiculous in 20 years, but no. It doesn't seem ridiculous now. People, Why would it seem ridiculous in 20 years? People are gonna be chug a lugging forever and shouting right afterwards. Yeah. I'm Eric Clapton. <laughs> Slow hands. <laughs> I don't know, and Chugalug doesn't even seem like a particularly British phraseology. Like it, I don't even know what Chugalug. Well, I've maybe maybe what Chugalug is is something like if if like an uh, an old timey Mississippi guy grew up in England, he would have a fucked up understanding of both of those things and yeah. come up with a nonsense phrase like we're we gonna chugalug. Well surprising that the song had that much more appeal than just to the uh Mississippi Brits. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's uh, satirical. Maybe it's a it's a kind of a Randy Newman esque character piece and I, he's making fun of I feel like what it was was a temper was a temp lyric. Oh yeah. I feel yeah. like it was a temp placeholder lyric when he was making the song and then he they was were gonna just punch like, something in later. Ah fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so right here, it'll be something like, we're going to chug along and shout. <laughs> of course, we'll change that to something that makes sense. All right, I've written a really great line that I'd love to go back in and change. We just released the... What? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. You didn't fucking keep chug-a-lug on there, did you? That was a fucking placeholder. And then we have chug-a-lug and yeah, shout after midnight. That's why they call Eric, Eric Clapton chug-a-lug. You should never chug-a-lug before noon. If the you do, you seek, seek help. Sure. After midnight, always. After midnight is the only time you can chug-a-lug <sighs> and shout. Okay, so when when if people are gonna people are gonna want to watch this television program, it starts uh, it starts probably shortly after you listen to this podcast. If you listen to it in a timely fashion, it'll, it'll premiere June seventh. On it's a Sunday at nine p.m. and then. And then that'll be its time slot, uh, at, at least in the, in the immediate future. Yeah, Sunday's at 9 o'clock. So you can watch it after you watch uh, uh, The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And uh, what comes after The Simpsons? Uh, Family Guy or King of the Hill? Uh, King not, of the Hill got canceled, didn't not, it? not familiar with Fox's uh, animation domination block these I'm, days. I'm trying to encourage people to watch uh, uh, Web Soup. Sure. I I think say. after the Simpsons on Fox they just you just get the you just get the Indian head right <laughs> and and the national anthem and the full spectrum and then the color bars and then There's that's like it. There's like an airplane landing they just, or whatever. They cease broadcasting until the next broadcast morning right. after the Simpsons. So which is a perfect time to go that's, over to, 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 only, to G4. Only because they canceled House of Buggin though. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, Ma- and Malcolm and Eddie. No, yeah. no, no, no. Actually, that, that was UPN. That was on the UPN. Um, I think that you could have said Culture Clash, the TV show. Drexel's Class. Yeah. No, oh, you beat me to Drexel's Class. Damn it. No, Hardwick. Oh. Herman's Head. Gotcha. You got me on Herman's Head. You got me. I was about to say something, something. Herman's Head. <laughs> I only, yeah. uh, I, and, and if you don't have G4, I feel like, I think it is it is part of a channel package for most people. But I think but it's. G4 has a pretty full bodied web offer. I think it's, I think G4 is worth the money. You know, like X Play is a great show about video games. Attack of the Show is Nerd CNN. You, with you our get... friend Kevin, with our friend Kevin Sprinkles Pereira, one of the most beloved guests on this program. Kevin's phenomenal. I love Kevin Pereira, and and he's a super smart, cool, funny guy. He's sharp great, tack, great, super sharp. Great host. You're, uh, you're, I mean, you know, not to imply that Twitter is some sort of contest, but you are beating him as far as followers goes, right? Um, well, if you've the... physically beaten him as well, right? I mean, you beat him up. Yeah. Kevin's a buff guy. Yeah, yes. I think it might buff, might be tough buff. to take him down. He's kind yeah. of buff. He's one might of those nerds be that tough works to take... out a lot. Yeah, he works out. He, I mean, I exercise regularly, but he really works out, and yeah. uh, and you know, he's 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 somehow he's got... managed to. He's a nerd with abs. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how that happened, but no it one did. who knows that much about Power Stone should be cut. <laughs> but uh, it seems that's but an that's, anomaly. That's the way it works. That's an anomaly. No one, no one who has a customized game cabinet in his house. Oh God, has is is that is is in that good a shape? But Kev, but Kev is. But um, but also that you know they'll show reruns of Lost with the little pop ups on and oh. and Cheaters is on G four. <laughs> I feel like any time I I walk past a TV that has G four on, I'm like, oh maybe it's Kevin Sprinkles Ferrer or Chris Hardwick. My friends that work on uh, uh, G four and it's cheaters. No, I don't get a. I don't get some sort of a quotation middle nickname. Well, uh, Here's, when he came on the show, his when he came on our show, his nickname was Sprinkle because he okay. brought us donuts. He brought you donuts. How nice! See, that's the kind of guy Kevin yeah, is. Yeah, he's a fucking class act. That's the kind of guy Kevin Not is. Not that you aren't a class act. You're a, you're the class act who came here uh, on twenty minutes. Please, notice. that's fine. I'm anything anything to support Maximum Fun. Oh, anything to support Maximum. I'm guy, looking huh? forward to friggin' uh, Max, Max Fun Con. It's gonna be pretty sweet. We're all gonna be there. It's really awesome. Uh, one, a listener, uh, a listener, twittered uh, the other day. Resilient Rabbit on Twitter. She uh, she twittered um, uh, a webcam of Lake Arrowhead, um, and and I retweeted it just so everyone can uh, just check out Air- Lake Arrowhead. Make sure everything's cool between now and Max Funcon. <laughs> to make, make sure, sure the lake sh- is still there. You and... Just want to double check that shit doesn't pop off. No, I don't I, I, make sure a werewolf just wa- runs by the camera. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't go. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not a geologist. Right. But it is a lake full of arrowheads? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're not a geologist. That's a well-known geographic uh, or geological feature. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, so yeah. it has to do with the it's pressures of the Earth's core. core. You're not supposed to swim. No, don't. definitely don't dive in. Magma, Earth's core, Native American ghosts, Well, when the Native obsidian. Americans, when the Native oh, Americans yeah. went corporate in the late 50s and developed disposable arrowheads... Right. They just, that's where, that was the landfill that they have got pitched into. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons that it's such a, that's one of the reasons that it's such a bargain for us to do it there is most people prefer a water lake. Right. Oh, it's better for boating, skiing, uh, you know, water skiing, uh, jet skis, swimming, Mm -hmm. fishing. I can't think of any lake activities that are better with the Arrowhead Lake, actually, now that I start listing the activities. Well, hurting, hurting I, yourself. I know there's a new sport called extreme maiming, which is sure, great yeah. for uh, for sure. for a lake full of oh, pointy arrowheads. Oh, uh, aqua poking. 
Uh, uh, boat ruining. <laughs> okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweet. Jordan Art. Morris Boy Detective. Chris Hardwick Nerdist. Dot com. All right. That was, oh, like, that was like the Ornette Coleman version of the intro. I want people to know to that we did not even agree on chord structures ahead of time Mm-mm. before we busted that out. That's like word jazz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Are you a jazz bow? Was that character a jazz bow? That you was say? a jazz bow. Um, uh, I like the beret, by the way. Thanks. Thanks beret. a lot. In fact, I'll show some appreciation for it. You're supposed to clap it. You're supposed to snap at different times. Not that's just snapping. This Shut is, up! This is beatnik applause. Okay, look. We have not mentioned it thus far in the program, but it bears mentioning. Sure. This is Jordan Jesse Goes 100th episode. 100, yep. 100 years of Jordan Jesse <laughs> Go. So you do one episode a year. A century yep. of Jordan Jesse Go. The last time we were barely in the Edwardian era. And by the way, just on that tip, I think you guys might qualify for Vampire Lawn Darts, uh, yeah. being, being that old. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was uh, into van- Vampire Lawn Darts, but then they signed to a major label. So <laughs> kind of, you know, yeah, sound really got kind of watered Overproduced. Down. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Um, so, Vampire uh, Lawn Darts misses the mark with new album. <laughs> yeah. That was the, that's the Pitchfork title. Nice. These, these world music influences are no longer surprising and fascinating to me. A djembe? Really? Vampire <laughs> Lawn Darts? Um, well, Chris, I mean, you know, this is... I don't, I don't you know, I need to put you on the spot here, but I'm sure you probably have some favorite Jordan Jesse Go memories you want to share. There was the yeah, other man. time I was on the show. Right? Mm-hmm. That was really great. That was good. And then... The, you were on the show two other times, I right? was on the show two other... Two I, other times? Once once alone and once with once with Mike, man? Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Two other times. Jordan, Mike and Mike and Chris were one of our first ever guests when yeah. we had just made the invented the name Jordan Jesse Go. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's right. That does sound that does sound exactly right. Yeah. And I really loved the new space. Yeah, we got this new apartment a year ago or so, and Chris is that's how old school Chris is. You should call it a living facility. We got this new living facility. Yes. Um, that makes me sound like I, I can't take care of myself, like I'm incontinent <laughs> and I need a full time nurse. Um, so it's our 100th episode. Hey Chris, he says he says she's his wife. What? She's just pays. She's just a nurse. Mom pays her to come oh, today and wipe up his shit. Just like Cyril. Yeah. <laughs> like, Chris, you don't think I could get a girl that pretty to actually marry me, do you? Oh, I hadn't even thought of that before. Yeah. I'm using yeah. my public radio money. Nurse Teresa. Um, so I want to do something to celebrate the 100th episode of Jordan Jesse Go. Okay. This was an all-talk Jordan Jesse Go because I'm going to be frank, I couldn't get the CD player to work this week. Um, but I have a really special announcement, something that I think is going to be really magical. Um, that's the return of the High Five Contest. The High Five Contest is coming back. It was one of our uh, flagship endeavors, the High Five Contest, but we've uh, we've grown a lot. So there's a lot more people uh, who probably are available to participate in this. Absolutely. I think that uh, the idea has, has had some time to take seed in people's minds. This is what we did. Uh, uh, at the very begin- Towards the very beginning of Jordan Jesse Go, we challenged people to take pictures of themselves high-fiving each other. 
Um, it's a good contest. Now, they post these pictures on Flickr, and there is a point system. Here's the basics of the point system. You get a point for a picture of you high-fiving someone, and you have to high-five a different person in each picture. It can't just be you and the same person high-fiving in every picture, because then you could just take a million pictures of you and a friend high-fiving. That's bullshit. Are they posting their own Flickr accounts, or do you have an account that We've, they can post? We, of course, have a Flickr tag mm-hmm. uh, for it. So you're posting to your own Flickr account, but you are tagging it uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna do it. Uh, high five oh nine. Okay. High five oh nine. Um, all one word. High five oh nine. So when you post it to okay. Flickr, you tag it high five oh nine, and um, there is a point system. So one point is just is straight up a high five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two points. There's a bonus points for the following. Number one, uh, if you're high fiving a famous person. Now, this is based on our reconnaissance. How we famous? Decide. Do you decide if the person's famous? I'll give you an example from last time. Have you ever heard of uh, a Mr. Yao Ming, the uh, tallest high-fiver in the world? I, I guess I, he, he plays... Superstar yes. basketball mm-hmm. legend Yao Ming. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody high-fived him. They did? Yeah, just barely. They had to stand on their tippy-toes. <laughs> I'll bet they did. Yeah. He's and a tall how? drink of water. He is. Um, so, uh, plus one for a celebrity. Plus one if it's in front of a notable landmark. Now, we're defining this, uh, this includes local landmarks, but it should be a landmark that at least to some extent people outside of the place where you live have heard of. So we're talking about Golden Gate Bridge. We're talking about uh, Mount Rushmore. Space Needle. We're talking about a famous donut place in Portland or Seattle. We're talking about, to see all of these things, local landmarks, an Mm -hmm. important statue of a town leader. Mm -hmm. Okay, these are important local landmarks. That's a bonus. And then also... From time to time, Jordan and I will make up a new thing that gets a bonus point. Those are the two primary bonus points. You post them up to uh, High 509. You, you upload them to Flickr, tag them High 509. And uh, we're going to time limit this. Well, I haven't decided Can yet I make a suggestion for yeah. a bonus point? Okay. Yeah, please. If you can get... Uh, if you can get yourself high-fiving someone on television and then take a picture of the television set... Yes. That sounds... Sure. That's a bonus point. But it doesn't count if you can't videotape yourself and then uh, and then put it on and then take that picture. It had, like, if you're on a news show or yeah. if you're in an audience yep. or, or whatever, it's, a, it's an existing program and you can high-five on it and then take a picture of the set and then put that up. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. That's a bonus. Okay, cool. Right there. And we'll be adding bonuses as things go along. And I think uh, next week on the program, we'll probably announce some kick-ass prizes. Sure. Frankly, I haven't thought about it much yet. <laughs> no. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't even picked an end date for this thing. This is pretty devil-may-care I'm going to say probably it's going to be about 60 days, somewhere in the 60 days yeah. range. That's, I think, what we did last time. It worked out quite well. I had a few people I really had some hundreds of high fives. Did a great job. Fantastic. You know what I mean? I think this is going to be – I think this is really going to be nice. Don't you? I- why wouldn't it? I know. Tell me about it. 206-984-4FUN if you want to add to the uh, uh, unbelievably enormous pile of calls that I have yet to screen because the CD player is broken. <laughs> um, uh, you can always email us at jordanjesse, jjgo at maximumfun.org, jjgo at maximumfun.org. Our theme music is Love You by the Free Design, courtesy of Light in the Attic Records. Our thanks to Light in the Attic Records. It's off of... I love Free Design. I know. They're great, right? I've got a Free Design song on my phone. There you go. Kites are fun. That's the best what I have. of the Free Design is uh, the CD that you should go out and buy because I recommend it, Jordan recommends it, and none other 
then Chris Nerdist Hardick, Hardwick rec- recommends <laughs> it's it. It's a common mistake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. People say hard dick a lot. Do you want to go ahead and host the show from here on out, You know, Chris? they say it, sometimes they'll say it like I've never heard it before. Yeah. Hey. And, then, and then if I'm hard. like, oh, I get it, then they, they don't understand. And they're like, oh, I guess I really got under your skin. It's like, no, that's just, I've heard it a million times. When I made a television program, uh, they insisted on naming one of the segments Thorn in My Side, <laughs> which is... Not only a thing that I've heard a million times, but is so lame, so spectacularly, monumentally lame. Like hard dick, at least it's vulgar. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Thorn in my side is just something every grandpa says to you. <laughs> it's an Andy Rooney type. Oh, boy. Anyway, uh, so great to have you. We've already been prattling on for far too long, but you've waited too long. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more of Jordan Jesse Go. Goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.